Hello and welcome to the Knowledge of College podcast. This is your host, Patrick Butler. And today I have an unbelievable conversation to share with you. Uh, this time I had the opportunity to speak with Andrew Tate, who is a four-time world champion kickboxer. Uh, he is an entrepreneur and overall a uh, very interesting person. Uh, this conversation was wide ranging, talking about sort of the modern state of things, uh, as well as how Andrew goes about diversifying his risk, one way to say it, uh, and, you know, just living life to the fullest. He's a really uh, interesting guy, tons of energy, tons of cool stuff, a very awesome lifestyle. And I got a lot out of it. So I'm sure you will too. So please, without further delay, enjoy this conversation with Andrew Tate. Hey, Tate, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a real honor to have you on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, friend. Thank you for having me. So for the audience out there who maybe is not familiar with your work just yet, would you mind telling them a little bit about yourself and how you got to this place? Well, I've had a long and varied life, my friend. I, I have, can give you a very long answer. I am the son of a chess grandmaster who originally was a chess player professionally, and then I Stopped playing chess when I left America and moved to England and changed to kickboxing, became a four-time kickboxing world champion. I retired from that and ran a webcam studio. So I had 75 girls working for me and paying me money online, became a multimillionaire. And now I have private networks and casinos and a few other things paying me money. So a bit of a varied, varied process and a varied path. I've done a little bit of everything, um, but I've done okay. I've done okay. I mean, explain that to me. How, how do you go from uh, interest in chess to kickboxing to, you know, webcam studio, where's the common thread throughout that stuff? What's sort of been that thread for you? Yeah, I think that there's a common thread there and there's a common thread, which is if you're disciplined and you have willpower, that can be applied to absolutely anything, right? If you have unlimited willpower and you can always open up a can and, and smear it on to whatever you're doing, you're going to do well. So I had willpower when I was playing chess. I had willpower when I was kickboxing to make sure I trained as hard as humanly possible to become a four-time world champion. I had willpower when I had a house full of 75 women when I refused to sleep with them and kept my mind focused on the money. So it's, it's all about that. You know, it's all about self-control and self-discipline and making sure that you are the center of your own universe. And a lot of people agree with this and a lot of people say this and they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's very rare to meet someone who's serious about it in my experience. If you're truly serious about brute willpower, you could achieve anything. Like you could do absolutely anything. That's, that's what it's all about. So I've just had the same universal stubbornness and refusal to fail and anything I've ever applied it at, I've done very well with for that, for that reason. I mean, I, I love that message. I mean, discipline, you know, reigns king above all. And, you know, I, I got Elon back here in the background because I feel like he's one of those examples of people that, you know, really just push it to the limits of you know, what are we capable of and what can you do with your life? And if you don't, if you don't have, yeah, you're right. And if you don't have discipline, you don't have anything, right? People often say to me, oh, but Tate, you're lucky. You're a kickboxer and you were talented. Yeah, I was talented, but I didn't find out I was talented until I was disciplined. 
If I wasn't disciplined enough to train, I would have never seen my talent because the guy with less talent than me who trained harder than me would have been kicking my ass. So you don't get to discover anything about yourself. You don't get to discover any of your genetic advantages, any of your talents. You don't get to discover anything about who you are as an individual, your spirit, your soul, what you're made of. Without discipline, you can't even discover anything. So discipline is a key to discovery. Discipline teaches you all about yourself. It teaches you what you really have. You know, there's a whole bunch of people out there that might be the best pianist in the world, but they've never had the discipline to learn piano. So nobody knows. And that's how life works. So discipline is extremely important if you ever want to become anybody or, or be anything. And everybody knows this. And it's a bit cliche to say, right? But I think that is the common theme. I was extremely disciplined as a child. I had a very disciplined upbringing playing chess. And I could take that upbringing and, and self-discipline and apply it to myself with everything else I've done, fighting and, and webcam studios. And now I own casinos and, and mentorships, et cetera, et cetera. And I make millions and millions of dollars. And people look at me and go, oh, but how? And I'm like, what do you mean how? It's do the right things every day like you're supposed to on time every day. And, and, and life usually comes together. I really believe that. I mean, when I look around and I see people in the modern world today, it seems like discipline is uh, it's lacking everywhere you look. And, you know, I, I noticed that there's groups and there's people like yourself that are, uh, you know, promoting this idea in this way of life. You know, what do you notice for people that come to you who are lacking that and are looking for a change? What is it that is, you know, what's a trigger for them? What, what's something that actually incites that change? Well, that's a good point. And the reason nobody has discipline anymore is because it's not taught. Discipline isn't taught. And the idea of being disciplined is seen as negative. And we also live in a world where everything and everybody is vying for our attention. Everything. There's ads everywhere. YouTube happens quickly. Kids are being raised with iPads. Like when I was a kid or you were a kid, we had a coloring book. Now they've got flashing lights and little yeah. video games. Like, how, how do you think you're going to keep his attention as he grows old? He's been, he's been entertained by some of the best software developers in the world permanently for, mm -hmm. since, since, the, since the second he could pick up an iPad. So your attention is very, very difficult. And that's what discipline is, really. It's the ability to stay focused on one thing for a long period of time. And I think most people don't realize how bad, how bad their attention span is or how much discipline they lack until they really start to suffer from it. And that's what will happen, especially as a man. I can't say as a woman because I'm not a woman. But as a man, if you don't have the ability to knuckle down and focus on something for a long time, life's going to punish you. Sooner or later, life's going to wake you up, you know? And, and, and the reality of mastery and the reality of success is that it's not really a glamorous story. Like, how do you become the best boxer in the world? You do the same thing over and over for 15 years, jab, cross, jab, cross, hook. Like it, it's boring, you know, yeah. but that's what discipline is. So the idea that a lot of people want to be constantly entertained, I want to be entertained, that's boring. Well, that's why you need discipline. People want to be constantly motivated. Oh, I don't feel motivated. Listen, if you're not motivated to go to the gym and that has resulted in you being obese, suffering health adversity, so you now damaged your health, on top of that, you're less attractive to females. On top of that, your energy levels are lower. If you really need motivation to just lose weight and live a life worth living, then there's something wrong with you. I, I train every single day and I'm never motivated, but I'm disciplined. I never wake up and think, yeah, I want to train. I've been training my whole life. I'm bored of it. But it's something that has to be done, right? So the idea of entertainment, the idea of motivation, these things are completely detrimental to discipline. People come to me all the time and say, how do I get motivated? I say, you don't. You get disciplined. I don't, care, I don't care if you feel like doing X. You must do X or you will stay a loser. So do you want to be a loser or do you want to do X? 
It's nothing to do with motivation. So a lot of these things, people are constantly distracted. And I think a lot of the things that are taught and told about discipline are actually detrimental to a disciplined mindset as a whole. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that it's, you know, discipline is perceived in a way today where it's, uh, it's aggressive, it's abrasive. If you even, uh, you know, promote that way of living, uh, compared to just being sort of, uh, flushed away with the endless stream of entertainment advertisements and materialism that, you know, drags people along today. Uh, I mean, in focus being sort of the core theme of that, being able to focus your energy and attention away from what's being, what we're being bombarded with every single day is, you know, I think for some extremely challenging, especially you mentioned the earlier generation that's, you know, sort of being raised with an iPad in their hand. How will they rise above that? How will they learn focus if it's not being taught to them? And, you know, where does that, you know, it's like, it's like, how do you even introduce that to someone's life in the condition that we're in today? Absolutely. I completely agree. And, and the reason this, this is all done very purposefully, right? Because they want the average person to be a worker slave. They want the average person to be a slave. Anyone who's listening to this, I say this to people all the time. Slavery hasn't gone anywhere. The idea of slavery is that you work for free. Oh, you work for free and you get a house and some food. Well, let me tell you something. Most of you out there are working a job and you can afford a house and some food. And that's about it. Slavery has gone nowhere. Slavery is still here. So how do you keep people slaves? Well, you keep them distracted. You keep them distracted from themselves and how they feel and the reality of life long enough so that they just continue to work until they die. That's what all of this mainstream mindset is. That's what it all is. And they, and they constantly will do anything it takes to stop you from waking up and focusing on yourself. They'll talk about race. They'll talk about politics. They'll talk about anything it is to distract you. They'll put Rihanna on the TV and she'll start singing and they'll say, go to this concert. And then if you feel depressed with your slave life, instead of telling you to change it, they'll say, no, that's fine. Come take these depression pills. Continue to be a slave. It's, it's just a slave mindset. So there's certain people out there. Everyone's seen the Matrix, right? If, you, if you're one of them people who's trying to wake up and there's something itching in your brain and you just don't understand what's wrong and you're just not quite, don't feel quite right in life. It's because you're a slave inside of the slavery. You're a bee in the beehive and you're trying to escape it. And the only way out is going to be through disciplined actions one way or another. You know, they, they do this with mainstream culture on purpose. They make absolute morons famous. They make morons yeah. famous and they do it. They do it so that smart people like you and I and everyone listening to this thinks, well, if that moron got a big break. My big break will happen one day. <laughs> and they just keep, and you just keep working, keep going to work, da da da, waiting for your big break. It doesn't come. The only way to get out is through disciplined action. So you need to become extremely disciplined with yourself as an individual if you care about escaping the beehive. If you don't, if you don't care about escaping, then, then stay a slave. That's completely up to you. But discipline's a key component. There's no other way out. There is no other way out. That is it. It's something you have to do, and you're going to have to do things you don't want to do on time every single day, or you're going to suffer the consequence. That's how life works. For sure. I mean, I always say like the only way out is through. And I, I'm curious, you know, with your own perspective, you know, you mentioned that you've cultivated discipline in your lifestyle from an early age with chess, but was there a point where you realized that were, you know, sort of the only way out of the beehive, as you say, is, uh, you know, to continue to push that sort of mindset. Cause you notice a lot of young people are able to cultivate discipline in early life with athletic sports and things like that. But somewhere around that college age, it might drop off and they get sort of uh, sucked into the mainstream. Yeah. And I, th I think one of the biggest things is that it's a lot of people don't see success or they don't measure their own success. Right. So 
in, in, there's a saying in fighting and it says you're never tired when you're winning. And the point is when you're getting your ass kicked, you're out of breath. But if you're kicking someone's ass, you don't get out of breath. It's weird how that works, but life's the same, right? So if you give anybody a business idea and they start to make money and they're making money, now they're making more money, now they're making more money, most people will have all the motivation and discipline they need to continue doing X idea and become very, very rich. The problem is people try things, they don't work. They try something, no money's coming in. They've tried something else, it's been a year, they don't see the results. And that's the hard part. That's where the discipline's really, really important because you're never tired when you're winning, right? So one of the things you can do is you've got to find ways and metrics to measure success. Maybe, you're, maybe your goal is to get rich, but you're, do, you're trying to you're build a website and your goal to get rich. You're not making any money yet. But visitors are going up, right? So at least you have some kind of metric. You need to pay attention to your successes. You need to pay attention to them because that's going to give you all the energy and motivation, the word I don't like to use, the discipline that you need to keep going, you know? And, and, and as a completely adverse point, because I like to, you know, keep everyone confused, you also, <laughs> have to under, you also have to understand that not everything's going to work all the time. You have to be prepared to throw things away. So you, you've kind of got to be an adaptable individual, but you have to look for the positive in the universe. And I, I really mean that. Like, I'm definitely not one of them airy-fairy, hippie, believe-in-the-secret kind of people. But I do know that if you wake up every day and look for the positives in the universe, you, you usually end up, you know, feeling more positive and doing more positive things than waking up and looking for the negative. And, and everything we said about mainstream media, they're only trying to show you the negative. They're only trying to piss you off. They're only trying to drag you down. They're not trying to say anything that makes you happy. So if you're going to listen to that crap, at least be immune to most of it, you know, and you have to have your own internal clock, your own internal systems to make sure you stay on track. So you mentioned there for a moment, acknowledging, you know, your wins, acknowledging some of the metrics that you're tracking. I've always found it challenging uh, to celebrate those wins, you know, when, along the way, if you haven't reached that goal yet, you know, out of fear of complacency or, or, you know, sort of feeling like enough is enough for you. Where is that? Uh, where is that line? How do you balance that? Absolutely. And that's, and that's a good point. And when you say celebrate, so a lot of people can fall off when they celebrate, right? I did yes. this, blah, blah, blah. And they fall off, right? Yep. So I, I don't fall off because what I do, and this is going to really, this is what really upsets everybody, but it's been an absolute key to my success. So I refuse to apologize. What I love to do is I love to fucking talk about it. Because if I talk about my success, it doesn't take much of my time. It doesn't really, I can't really fall off. It's not like I've run around on a, a, a vodka binge, you know, trying to celebrate. I just love to talk about it. I love to tell people, hey, guess what? This happened, this happened, this happened. I think I might be able to do this, this, and this next. And if you're surrounded by the right kind of people, they want to listen. If the people around you go, I don't care, then you shouldn't be talking to them anyway. Like me and all my friends, I say this all the time, me and all my friends, all we talk about is money. If, if you're in a room full of, let me ask you, if you walk into a room and there's five men in there and those five men are the best ice cream makers in the world and you talk to them every single day, within a few months, you're going to know how to make ice cream. By hook or by crook, right? You're going to yeah. learn about ice cream, how to store it, how to make it, what, what, how to make the colors, how to make the flavors, because all they talk about is ice cream. If the people you meet and talk to only talk about money, guess what? You're going to learn how to make money. So I, I love to talk about my successes, and I love to talk to other people who, learn, who like to listen and talk about their successes. And then you, you get a spiral, because everyone understands that a downward spiral is real. Everyone's discussed and understood the downward spiral. People don't understand an upward spiral. An upward spiral is just as real as a downward spiral. My entire life was an upward spiral. 
I became kickboxing world champion. It made me a little bit of money, but not that much money. I had a whole bunch of girls who adored me because I'm a kickboxer. They all want to, they're from all around the world. I moved them all to London. I had a big apartment. They started webcamming. I made millions of dollars. Then I bought a casino. It's all just an upward spiral for me. And that's just, you know, the energy in a positive direction all the time. And if I ever sat there and tried to talk to somebody about money or business ideas or whatever, and they were uninterested, then I was uninterested in talking to them because that's all I have ever cared about. What else is there to talk about? Genuinely, what movies, sports? Who cares? Yeah. Like, who cares? Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah, don't get me started, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but this is the point, right? So you should talk about your successes all the time, and you should only be surrounded by people who want to listen, you know, and 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 listen to their feedback. Maybe they've got some advice, whatever, whatever, and listen to their successes too, and create a positive environment for yourself. And if you do that, they're going to do well. And inside of my private mentorship, I have a private mentorship called the War Room where I teach people how to live the best life a man can live on planet Earth. And it's based around, one, making money independent of geography. So we make money online. Every single member is taught how to make money online in a variety of ways so that you're not stuck in one location. And two, we work on things like getting people extra passports, getting people residencies, multiple driver's licenses, et cetera. And the idea is that every single person in the war room at any time can be anywhere in the world and making money. So if you're unhappy with the election and what's just gone down in America, it's no problem. You turn up to Tokyo, you get a penthouse, bang, you've already got another passport. You know what I mean? So that's the whole goal is like global domination. That's what I'm teaching. And inside of that network, every single Sunday, every single Sunday, all of us talk about everything we've achieved that week. That's all we do. I did this. I did this. I did this. You did this. You did this. And a, and a bunch of ideas, a bunch of business ideas, loads stems from that. So a lot of people don't even have a place they can positively talk about something great they've done because then they're seen as arrogant, right? Oh, he's bragging. He's bragging. He's boring. Why doesn't he just want to watch Netflix with the rest of us? <laughs> man, man, man. And, and that's the price you're going to pay if you're an exceptional individual, right? And, and mediocre people are going to get upset. Well, you know, a whole bunch of people hate me, my friend, but I'm driving my Ferrari on my way to pick up my Bugatti and I don't care. So <laughs> that's, that's how the world works. Well, I'm glad that you brought up the war room because it's something that I think, uh, you know, now and especially in the, the past few weeks with all that's happening on the internet, it's been really interesting to see uh, a variety of groups sort of emerge uh, to basically pull together online networks into real life or more, uh, you know, privatized networks. And I've noted, I've tracked sort of your, your progress with the war room over the time. And, you know, it seems like you've definitely seen this curve coming. You know, what do you make of sort of the situation today in the United States of censorship and sort of the political disintegration of, you know, free speech and, and what's happening with these private networks? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Private networks are, are the future of the world. There's no doubt about it because public discourse has been completely new. Um, and there's a lot of people who are afraid to say what they really think because of the consequences of what's happening out in the open. So private networks are absolutely what's the future, I believe. And, and on top of that, a private network is always more personal, right? And if you want genuine results from something, you need personal, you need a personal interaction. So when I was just talking about on Sunday, we all talk about our achieve achievements. We all know each other. So it matters. If you put your achievements on Twitter and you get a like from some account with three followers and a cat picture, like that doesn't mean anything, right? Yeah. So you have, it, you got to know people. That's the first thing about it. But second thing, there are a lot of networks popping up, but I do, and I am very, very serious about this. And of course I would say this because I started the war, but the war room is completely unique than any other network because the war room is based on results. Problem is with a lot of networks that are popping up now, you can pay and you can join, 
and that's it. Whereas the war room, you need to pay, join, fulfill certain tasks, do certain things, and achieve, or you lose your membership. So there's no such thing as a war room member who isn't living a fantastic life because he got kicked out a long time ago. So we are very, very results-based. And that's, that's basically just my mindset in general. I think I, I got that from chess. I got that from fighting. It's a results-based world, right? You either show up and turn up and do what you're supposed to do, and you reap the benefits of that, or, or you fail. But certainly, certainly the way the world's going, especially if you're a man, and especially in the Western world, you need to find a tribe of people you can trust and people you interact with, and you need to take uh, a hard think before you put anything out in public. I'm lucky. I'm lucky because I have, I don't know, I don't want to swear, but I have FU money, right? So I, sure. can say all the, I can say all the crazy stuff I say. You can't cancel me and you can't fire me because I'm rich and I live in Romania. I'm far away. Like you can't do much to me. You can't dox me. You know how many people have tried to dox me? I just, I just <laughs> copy and paste. I copy and paste my own address with, a, with, my, with my assault rifle and say, come get it. Like I'm far away in a big gated compound in the middle of a mafia controlled country, which are all my friends. No one's coming here to me. But if you're living in America, you've got to be a lot more careful. Like you can say something which is innocent or your point of view. And you can upset somebody that can dox you, you can lose your job, you can become unemployable. All these crazy things can happen now. So especially if you're a Western male, you need to be looking for networks where you are safe to speak and safe to be your true self. Because that's, that's what happened when they began this speech ban. All this banning of hate speech, banning of this, banning of that. When you change the way a man talks, if you stop him from saying what he wants to say, eventually you're going to start changing the way a man thinks. And then you're going to change the way a man acts. You know, that's what happens. And that's what's happened now. And men are afraid to even be masculine online or offline. Absolutely. They're afraid. They're afraid. And because they know there's serious repercussion. And that's, that's a terrible thing. And in the war room, we absolutely welcome masculine activity in a masculine intercourse. If, if someone upsets you, tell them, you know, I don't like you. Like that's, what, that's how men work. It's how we're supposed to. But, yeah. you know, the, 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 world's, the world's changed, so it's getting dangerous out there. But absolutely, the future, of, the future of networking, especially for Western males, has got to be privatized. It has to be. I mean, t- tell me more about the, the breaking away from, you know, location-specific living. You know, as far as, you know, I think it, it's interesting to see, you know, uh, the lifestyle in Romania and this encouraging of people to become more uh, uh, location-independent. Where did that stem? Where did that start for you? I think for many people, just the idea of leaving the United States and going anywhere else is is sort of wild or insane, or they couldn't imagine themselves doing it. How did that start? Yeah, so it started for a variety of reasons. So the first thing I will say is I am American. I'm American. Uh, I'm a half American, half English. My mother was English. My dad was American. I lived in America till I was 15, and then we moved in. America does an amazing job, and it truly is amazing with their propaganda. America's the best country in the world. America, freedom, 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 blah, blah. America is not free. America is not the best country in the world. It's only my opinion. Don't get upset. But there's nothing you can do in America you can't do in Barcelona or, or Paris or namely any, Tokyo, Singapore, Melbourne, Australia. Like, there's nothing in America. The only thing you do have, I guess, that some countries don't have is in certain places you can get a bunch of big guns. Well, yeah. congratulations. Besides that, that's the only thing you've got. And what's happened recently, I don't want to get too political, but recently I've seen a whole bunch of right-wing conservative guys who just had their vote stolen from them in broad daylight, still tweeting out, America's the best country in the world. And to me, that looks like Stockholm Syndrome. They just stole the election. 
They just stole the election from you and they're prepared to ban you on social media and fire you from your job for your opinion. And you're still going to pretend that's a good place for you as an individual to live. It's simply not true. There's other places you can go. There's other places with, I live in Romania, a right-wing country. Every single thing that's considered right-wing and crazy in the West is completely normal here. Like there is no gender fluid, none of that. None yeah. of it is, when I try and even explain it to people, they think I've made it up. They don't believe it. They're like, that's, no, that's not real. So there are normal places in the world. So that's the first thing. I kind of always, from when I moved from America to England and then I was traveling, fighting, I kind of always realized that the American dream and the Western propagation that they're the only countries in the world that are safe and free is one, is a lie. Two, what made humans, why are humans the most successful species on the planet? We, we can't run the fastest. We can't fight the best. We, we, you know, we need clothes or we freeze outside. It's because of one thing. It's because of adaptability. We can adapt. That's what we have. So if you tie yourself to one location, you are seriously damaging your ability to adapt. Things happen. And look at Corona. You could have been stuck in California where you really you want to be in Florida, where it's open. You need adaptability. So for the same reason I say to people, look, don't buy a house, rent a house. Oh, but renting is wasting money. No, what wasting money is, is paying a whole bunch of interest on a mortgage for a house that when you finally need to sell it, it takes three years to sell. Time is money. You're wasting it. Just rent a house, find a way to make some money. And if you get annoyed in X location, you can move. Bye. So adaptability is extremely important as well. And, and you can do adaptability within America or you can go global like I have. I love Romania right now. Will I love Romania in 10 years? Don't know. Where will I want to live then? Okinawa? Cool. I've got money in the bank. Let's go. So adaptability is another big part of it. And three, the reason I kind of got this mindset is for a while, I really wanted to live off grid. I wanted to just be left alone. And I realized that in the modern world, that's absolutely impossible. You can't be off grid if you want to live any kind of life worth living. So then I came up with the idea of why don't I put myself on as many grids as possible? And the goal behind that is that no one grid controls me. So for example, I have seven passports. I have 15 driver's licenses. So let's say I'm driving uh, my car and the police stop me. I'll just pull out a license from some random country. I'm in Romania. I'm driving a Slovakian plated car. I've got an American driver's license. I've got a Estonian passport and I'm speaking English. Like you think they're gonna take my license or they're just gonna look at me and go, just slow down bro, bye. If the paperwork's not worth it for them. If you, if, I, if you ban my passport, you can ban my passport right now. I guarantee I've got another one that'll work. I'm that guy, right? So I like the idea of freedom and freedom is basically achieved by having enough documents so that no one country can stop you from moving. Unless you're like Edward Snowden or something and you're really on the Interpol. But for yeah. minor stuff, you know, uh, make sure you always have driver's licenses so no one can stop you driving. And make sure you have money coming in from the sky so you can buck up, you can rock up anywhere and, and live for as long as you need to live. If you do that, you're pretty free. And that's what we teach inside the war room because I think that's the end goal is freedom. And if you have all those things and still want to live in America, good luck to you. Fine, no problem. But wouldn't it be nice to be able to say, you know what, tomorrow, first class ticket, 9 a.m., I'm on my way to Shanghai and I've got, I'm going to rent myself a big penthouse. I'm going to hit the club, get some champagne, get myself three Chinese girlfriends. I'm going to stay there. It's free. It's an ability. It's the ability to do. That's what we try. Uh, I mean, it's a beautiful lifestyle to describe as far as, you know, creating a system to rise above the, the systems so that you're basically impenetrable there. What, where did that, like, 
you know, where does the vision for that come from? You know, I think uh, for average American, you know, they're seeing, uh, you know, they're thinking of Jason Bourne or James Bond or something like that. For you, where did the, where did the vision for that lifestyle begin? Yeah, that was certainly part of it. That was certainly part of it. But I think fighting taught me a lot, right? Because when I was fighting, kickboxing is not boxing. I didn't make millions of dollars. I was a four-time world champion. But the most I ever made in one year was like four, which sounds like a lot of money. But I was living in London. My apartment was very expensive. I had a, a car, blah, blah, blah. So I had no money, right, from fighting. But what fighting did do is I went all around the world and I met very interesting characters. And kickboxing is not licensed properly like boxing. So kickboxing is a huge, big money launch. All the shows, it's all money laundering. It's all a bunch of drug dealers. You're in Albania with a bunch of drug dealers. You're in Chechnya with a bunch of drug dealers. You're doing all this stuff, right? So, and after I won fights, I'd have lots of interesting conversations with these people. Most fighters are stupid. I'm quite unique, whereas the fact I'm a fighter, but I'm not an idiot. So I could sit and talk to the money men. After I won my fight, all I, all I want to do is be rich. I want to talk to the money men, right? Just like I said to you earlier, all I want to talk about is money. So I'd talk to them and I'd talk to like Albanians or Chechnyans, and these guys would be on the most wanted list. And then they'd show me a picture of them in Dubai, picture of them in London, shopping, Sloan Street. It's like, how you do that? Oh, I got this passport from here. Got that passport from here. I got a passport in another country and then changed my name in that country. So I have a perfectly legal passport with my face with a completely different name. Like they were just doing all this stuff and I was sitting there going, why don't I do that? I don't need it, but why not? You know, like I'll give you an example. So I'm coming to America, right? I'm coming to America next week to Nevada. We've got a war room summit. We're 25 guys inside the war room. We're going to be meeting in the desert in Nevada. We'll be doing physical training and we'll be talking about how to make money. It's a three-day summit for war room members only. And I'm flying from Romania. Now, currently, travel from the EU to America is banned and vice versa. But I'm going to fly to America with my American passport. And I'm going to fly back to Europe with my European passport. You can't stop me. Everyone else is sitting there going, oh, I can't travel, blah, blah. I can do whatever I want. I can go China today. I can go, I can go Japan today. I can go, I can go Thailand today. During this entire Corona lockdown, I've been to 13 countries. There's always some passport that works if you do a bit of Googling. <laughs> And you'll get in. So I, I've kind of seen, it's weird how Corona's proved me absolutely correct, but I kind of saw this coming. I kind of saw the clamp down coming, the clamp down on speech, the clamp down on movement, the clamp down on finances. I kind of saw it coming. And that's when I thought, you know, I want to live off grid. And once I realized I couldn't live off grid, I was like, okay, well, how do I get myself as much freedom as possible? And the idea is to have a whole bunch of governments who say, yeah, this guy can fly as this guy. I'm Maltese today. Let me in. Let me in the Malta. I want to park. And that's just kind of where it came from. I mean, it's diversifying your risk, right? Complete. There you go. You nailed it. You nailed it. I ramble on for too long. And you nailed it. You nailed it in a sentence. You're diversifying your risk. That's all it is. You're diversifying your risk. And I think any intelligent adult, especially a man, should be looking to do exactly that. Diversify your risk. Why not? You know, Certainly. Why not? And I mean, you, you mentioned like you're an American. So, I mean, you're, you're uh, maintaining these American ideals of freedom, even though you know, we've, we've separated from that specific location. And I think more and more into the future, we're going to observe that the location or the geography of where we're living is not necessarily, you know, there's no indication of that compared to where your mindset is at and, uh, you know, sort of what your belief system is. Completely true. And also I'll tell you something about being American. And this is what most Americans don't realize. The biggest freedom you get as American is being American outside of America. That's what you don't appreciate. If I'm, in, if I'm in Moldova and, I, and a police stop me and I flash an American passport, they think, ah, uh, there's a big embassy. There's a big embassy here, American. They can kick up trouble if we push him too hard because it's a powerful passport, right? 
in, in America, if you're showing an American cop your passport, he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care. But having an American passport outside of America still has some influence. So Americans talk about freedom. I was like, you're more free with your passport somewhere else than you are in America. America's a police state. Have you ever seen the highway? I, I drive as fast as I want. I break speed limits. I do 200 on a 20 in the country I live in. In America, you go five miles per hour over, you're going to be on the floor with a gun to your head. And people talk about freedom. It's not a free place. It's not a free place because the society is not actually based on freedom. America is a police state. The society is based on fear of the law. They keep everybody scared all the time. And they have to because crime's so high. So all they have to do is just militarize the police and keep everyone scared all the time. And X amount of people die every single year. And I, I don't see the advantage or the point of living in America whatsoever. If you want a big ranch in Nebraska and loads of guns, yeah, sure, fine. But if you want to live in a city, especially the cities where you're not allowed to own guns, why would you be in an American city as opposed to some other city, which is perfectly safe, 0% chance of any kind of crime, probably cheaper, more beautiful women, and your American passport will get you out of trouble if you're ever drunk or disorderly. Why would you stay there? I just don't think it crosses people's minds. But truly, you should start to think about it. And especially in the upcoming, in the upcoming years, what's coming next? What's coming next in regards to clampdowns on men who have any kind of masculine ideals or masculine identity, most people have not fathomed what's coming. And it's going to be extremely upsetting for a lot of men out there. And you have two choices. You either drink the Kool-Aid and agree to the insanity, or you are punished. I'd rather leave. That's what I'd I mean, in, in that same vein, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious because I know there's a lot of people that would never want to leave. You know, there's people, and I think that whether that's from uh, not ever traveling outside of the United States, not having exposure to what other lifestyles could entail, but I think there's people that will just stay. I mean, what do you say to, to you know, the, the resistance to that oncoming assault on masculinity and masculine groups? Good. You know? I say good, and I say good luck, and I wish you Godspeed, but if you're serious about your resistance, you should at least have a backup like I said, you should, you should at least take what I'm saying into consideration. You should at least fly to Lithuania one holiday, start a bank account, put 20 grand in it, start talking about a residency, get it sorted out, and then go back to America and fight the good fight. Fine. But worst case, you land in Lithuania, you, you can rent an apartment for the next three years, you go to the club, you get yourself a hot Lithuanian girlfriend. Life's fine. That's, that's what I would say. But hey, not everybody thinks like me. I'm a, I'm a, I like contingencies. I like contingencies, but uh, that's what I teach inside the war room because also there's some fights you just can't win, you know, and I don't want to be a defeatist because that's not who I am as an individual. But look what happened to Trump. He got, he got betrayed yeah. by every, everybody betrayed Trump because he wasn't he wasn't corrupt like the rest of them. And, and Trump finally, the reason he gave up, Trump one day said, you know what, this ain't worth it. And, and he's going to give you all the patriotic speech. But I guarantee Trump in private is saying America can't be saved and ain't worth saving. That's the way. All these people hated me for trying to do the right thing. Let it yeah. go. You know, that, that's what's happened now. So I don't see how things can get better anytime soon, but that's, that's just my opinion. And hey, I'm not telling everybody they have to leave. I'm not telling anyone what to do. I'm just saying I have the capability to go anywhere. And I sleep well at night knowing that. If something happens in Romania, I can go to one of about 23 or 24 countries and live forever. And I like feeling that way. And I think if you don't have that, you should at least look at I mean, one of the things that we've been talking about here is is having those private networks, which you know, in addition to acting as like sort of a, a social tribe to share your ambitions and uh, you know plans for success, is also as an information network. And so, what's interesting to me about that is how it conflicts with sort of the mainstream bombardment of narrative and how that can disrupt that narrative. 
have you given any consideration to how you know uh, a group like the war room can you know with enough disruption to a, a common narrative like what that kind of change oh, absolutely man like? I, I i the war room is my only source of information so i'll give you a very quick example i want because sure. mainstream information is always it's always it's either a lie or it's very official right so i needed to go to morocco last I look up the, the rules for Morocco, the entry rules, the mask rules, the distancing rules, all these rules about curfews, quarantine, all these rules. I messaged the war room, there's three guys in Morocco. I said, what's Morocco like? They said, we don't care. We don't wear masks. And if you, even if you do get two-week quarantine, just go out anyway. Please don't check. Like, you got guys on the ground. Yes. So I went, to Mor- I went to Morocco. I didn't wear a mask. No one asked where I was from. No one quarantined. No one cared. But I wouldn't know that if I didn't have guys on the ground, right? So the mainstream narrative is always basically either a lie or exaggerated anyway. So you always need someone or something on the ground. That's one of the great things about a network like that. They're my only source of information for nearly anything, you know, anything, not, not just even something like that. Anything about cryptocurrencies or starting bank accounts or registering a car in a particular number plate. All, I have 16 cars. They're all on different number plates in different countries. Why? The same reason I just told you about my passports. I'm just that guy. I like to be that guy. I don't like them all. I want them all just from all over. Why does he have a Ferrari from Estonia? Why does he have a Latvian McLaren? I'm, I'm annoying. I'm hard, I'm hard to pin down. That's just who I am. So who helps you with this stuff? War Room guys. The guys in every single country. So yeah, you, you absolutely need an information network. But like every information network, you only get what you give. But it's, it's fantastic. We have War Room guys. If you're in a War Room member, you know you can fly to one of, one of 80 countries tomorrow and you have a place to sleep. You have someone to pick you up at the airport. That, that, that's what power truly is. That's what freedom truly is, right? And that's what it comes down to. But in, in regards to uh, private networks regarding social versus social media, I'm, I'm, I use social media to advertise my private network. That's the only reason I'm even on social because I don't have any kind of serious conversations or give any kind of serious knowledge away. Just too much repercussion. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy to see what's been happening over the past few weeks with that. But, you know, it's, uh, we went from banning Alex Jones in 2018 to, you know, the president not being able to tweet for the last, you know, few weeks of, of his term in office. It's, you know, and this momentum's not going anywhere. Absolutely. Because what happens when you give a control freak control? Do they ever have enough? Never. When has a control freak ever said, okay, that's enough control. I, I'm, I'm full. Thanks. Never. When has a heroin addict said that's enough heroin? When has a gambling addict said, oh, that's enough gambling? Never. These people are control freaks. They're control freaks, and especially the tech dorks, right? Because the tech dorks have never had any power in their lives because they're nerds. So, like, you're a nerd. You've never had power over other men. No man's ever been scared of you. No woman's ever respected you. You've never felt powerful until you invented your little website. Now you feel powerful. You've got, they all got God complexes, these people. So they're going to they're gonna twist a knife. That's what they're going to do. I mean, certainly if you're able to create a, a private company that all of a sudden has more reach, more power, and more... Uh... You know, you can act as the judge, jury, executioner for every single person on your platform, the millions and millions of people. It's, you know, we, we know this as part of human nature, that it's not something that people turn down, uh, yeah. at least turn down often. Absolutely. And they say absolute power corrupts. Was it power corrupts? Absolute power corrupts. Absolute. Right. Yes. So th- there you go. Th- there it is. So we, we knew this was going to happen. So and, and, and I think a lot of these things are just glaringly obvious to people. But I have these conversations with people all day, every day. And they'll agree with everything I say. And I say, okay, so what's your plan? And they'll go, uh, 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 and they'll start umming and aahing. And, and, and I tell people my plan, like, I've, like we've just discussed with the passports and the multiple bank accounts. I have bank accounts in 30 countries. I have money hidden all over the world. I tell everyone my plans and they're like, oh, yeah, but you know, that's not really for me. I say, it's fine. We're not all the same. But what's your plan? Is your plan to just sit 
and become, and because that's it, right? You're either a person who tries to carve his own destiny or you're a victim of circumstance. If, you're, if your plan is to just sit and wait and see what happens, good. I hope it works out well. I wish every single person on earth well. I'm not a malicious individual. I mean, that brings it full circle there where you're talking about, you know, making a plan versus not making a plan and just expecting things to go well. That brings it back to what we started with as far as focus and discipline and carving out that time and that persistence to make the plan, which I think is where a lot of people lack. For you, what is that? Where, what is that period? Because I mean, I've noticed in my own life, making a plan could take 10 minutes. You know, a plan that you're going to execute over the course of 10 years could take 10 minutes to put together. For you, what does that planning look like? What does that habit look like? I, I just like to think that what I do, my, my, I don't really have a plan as much as I have a life philosophy. So I try and keep everything. I try and keep everything. I try and keep everything I do is, is aimed towards X goal. So even when I first started my passport journey, instead of just going on holiday, I decided to, I chose the country I was going to get the passport. And then my holiday was a working holiday because my holiday was based around trying to get a passport. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. anything I do, anything I do, I try and keep the end goal in mind. So people who know me say, Tate, your whole life is work. I say, yeah, it is. But I live a fun life I li- and I do what I enjoy. But every single thing I do has some kind of work tinge to it. I, it's not so much as having a plan. It's just a mindset and an attitude. I, I'm always constantly striving towards something. The idea of just relaxing completely, I'm quite fortunate because I don't find that appealing. People go, oh, I'd love to just relax on a beach. I can't think of anything worse than sitting on a beach. I'd be bored in three minutes. I can't do that as an individual. So maybe that's something I've learned. Maybe it's something I'm born with. But for me, it's always been goal, action, goal, action, 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 action. So with that in mind and a goal in mind, that's just kind of how I do it. But a lot of people, you're talking about making a plan, a 10-minute plan, but a lot of people don't even have a plan. A lot of the people are just waiting for their ship to come in. One day my ship will come in, and when it does, I'll, 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 you know, I'll buy a house, and then you know, I'll go on holiday twice a year. Like, that's their entire life goal. That's their life plan. And, and I'm not hating on those people because I need those people to serve me coffee. So that's fine. But <laughs> Because you do, right? There's no light without dark, and there's no rich without poor. But I always had some kind of plan. Even when I was completely broke, I always had a plan. I always understood. You know, I watched a TV show. It's an English TV show you would have never heard of. And it's uh, a guy is stealing a university education. He's going to university without paying for it. And he walks into class and they say, who are you? And he goes, oh, my name's not on the list yet. I just transferred from another university. They go, okay, no problem. Sit down. And he says to himself, the whole room, the whole world is just people walking into rooms and saying things. And it's a stupid little saying, but that clicked with me. I was like, He's right. Government is just people walking into a room and saying things. Business. Everything is just people walking into rooms and saying things. So if I want to have money, I need to find the right room and the right people. That's what I wanted to do. So my life plan was always understanding I need a network. I put the war room together once I was already rich because the war room is what I was looking for when I was poor. When I was poor, I was trying to find a network of motivated individuals, some ultra wealthy, some on their way up that I could join so I could learn and do what they do or network with them or help some of them and, and start to get my way out, but I couldn't find it. So I did it all the hard way by knocking everybody out and traveling the world and meeting rich people that way. But that's how I did it, fight. But I've always understood that you, your net worth is your network, right? It's who you know, who you talk to, what you talk about. That's how the world works. That's how it's always worked. So I always had a plan. My plan was to network with the kind of people who were living the life I wanted to live. But most people don't even have a plan that goes that far. And that's not an easy thing to do, but at least I knew what I was trying to do. Most people don't even know what they're trying to do. They're just 
living life, when they get depressed, they take a pill or they eat some ice cream and they, if they're bored, they put on Netflix or play a video game and, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have a target or a goal that you're actively working towards. And when, when yeah. things go, yeah. And, and when bad things happen to them, it's just like, oops, oops, didn't see that coming. It was because you're not looking. Why? So I, I totally agree. Like if you don't have a plan, if you don't have some anchor point that you're working towards, you're much more susceptible to get caught up in the mainstream, get caught up in, uh, you know, the waiting for things to happen to you. What's your anchor point right now? You know, I think a lot of people look at your lifestyle and say, oh, he must be done. You know, he's got the cars, he's got the, the house, he's got the location in, you know, independence. What's the anchor now? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, that, and I'm much like the tech de- geeks we just discussed, there's always a new level of power, right? There's always, yeah, something, new you're, there's always something new you're trying to achieve. So I've, I've got a few things I'm still working on. There's still a few things I, I need to put together. But, you know, some things never get boring. Making money is one of them. Never gets, <laughs> never gets boring. It never gets boring, right? So the, and, and money is numbers, and numbers never run out, so you always need more of that. So there's always more money to make. You know, there's always new connections to have. But in terms of material things, I am kind of done. But, you know, I'm looking forward to having a family and I, I'm looking forward to having a family as large as I want. I can have 10, I can have 10 or 15 kids. I haven't got any financial obligation that's going to stop me. I can have unlimited children if I decide. You know, I can also have 15 kids with 10 different chicks if I want to because I've got 25 girlfriends. So I can do whatever I want. So, I, I, you know, I, have a, I definitely have a path forward. Family is the next big leap for me. But in general, I just like keeping things ticking over. I'm a disciplined individual. I like being up on time. I like being at my desk. You know, I'm a multimillionaire. People say, what do you do? You're a multimillionaire. And I say, I like to work. Yeah, but you're rich. You know, but I like getting up and on time and having my coffee at my desk and two hours of work. Then I train, two hours of training. And then I have another massage for one hour at my desk. And then maybe in the afternoon, I'll take a car hour or something. But I, I like to be disciplined. I like to have my stuff in order. I like to do things right. I like to keep my eye on everything. And that's why I enjoy. And I think every single man out there, the happiness, the key to happiness in life as a man is to have some sort of empire you're in charge of. This is, this is biological. Men conquered earth. Why did, why did the, the Romans walk in random directions and kill anyone they found at random? They have an empire. This is built inside of humanity. If you're a man and you have an empire, to some degree, you're happy, right? You need to have a few people who listen to you and a woman who listens to you and some money coming in and some things you're in charge of, and you're going to be a happy person. If you don't have your own empire or you're not, you don't even have to have your own. If you're important, very important in someone else's, you can still be satisfied. But if you're at the very, very bottom of the food chain, there's, there's no happiness. I had a guy come to me recently and said, uh, I can't get a better job because I'm really depressed. I said, no, you're depressed because you haven't got a better job. It's the other way yeah. around. Of course you're depressed. Your life is shit. What do you want me to say to you? Your life is terrible. You have no girlfriend and you're broke. You're fat. What do, you, what do you want me to say? Your life is bad. If you have a bad life, you're going to be an unhappy person. I said, if you were me, you'd be happy. You know, so it, this is what it is. So you need to have your own little empire you're in charge of. And if you can find that, whatever that is, then you're usually going to be happy. I don't, I don't believe, I don't buy into this crap that, you know, people who have everything right in their life are still depressed. Well, I can tell you from my personal experience, I'm fine. And I, the only time I was ever pissed off or sad in my life is when I was broke. And now I'm rich and I'm fine. So don't buy into that lie because it's a lie, you know? So that's, that's, that's what I think. That's what I think life's about. I mean, I, I agree with you. You know, I think there is this sort of innate drive to, to conquest, to conquer something or other. And I think that's sort of what they're, you know, was actively being rooted out, whether it's, you know, through social media or communication or speech or whatever is, is any indication that you still have that drive inside you to, 
to conquest something, whether it's just, you know, achieving at your job really well, or, you know, if you're a Roman and you're trying to take over the entire world, you know, it's a whole different situation, but to some scale, to some degree, having that drive within you and, and being able to harness that is, you know, it's critical to your mental health. Oh, completely, completely. Like, like we said, men risked their lives on the battlefield to control patches of land. Why? Because it was an empire. They wanted to be part of it. Now we don't have to do that, right? Now you can build a YouTube channel or build a business. You can do something, but it's the same biological triggers. It's the same evolutionary hardwired motivation. It's the same thing that makes a man want to work and become the CEO of a big company. It's the same thing that made people want to conquer Rome. It's the same thing, but you're right. That's being rooted out of us by the mainstream and that's being done on purpose because that's how they make you a slave. It's wrong to be like that, Andrew. It's wrong. Why do you have to be like that? Why can't you just be happy with basically nothing and just work a normal job? Why do you feel like you're special and you need X, Y, Z? Why can't you just be like all the other unhappy people? You know, I say this all the time. You should never adopt the thinking of someone who is sad. And most people who are out here giving their life advice, if you sit there and go, are you happy? Well, yeah, I'm pretty happy. You're on antidepressant or you were depressed last or you're talking about, like most of these people giving advice out, you wouldn't even want to be them. So why would you listen to them? I'm not going to listen to anybody unless they're happier than me. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm never going to listen, you know? So yeah, it's being rooted out by the mainstream because they want all of us as slaves. They want us as slaves. The people who are in charge of the world need people to clean their cars and build their boats. Slaves, that's all it is. Yeah, I mean, you, I think when, when, uh, when you say things like that, for a lot of people, they're going to hear that and they're going to think like, that's a pretty aggressive way of thinking. Like, I don't really believe that people are out there with that mindset, but it's really comes down to like, it's like conquer or be conquered sort of thing. You know, if, if you're not out there actively trying to define your own patch of land, someone, you're going to get caught up in somebody else's. And that sort of comes back to what we've been talking about all along without having that focus, without having that anchor point is, uh, you know, you're going to get caught up in somebody else's idea. Completely. Completely. That's how the world works. That's how it's always worked. And I'm not saying absolutely everybody can be a business owner or not absolutely everybody can do all that X, Y, Z. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, look, if you're the right-hand man or even the fourth or fifth in line to a very important conglomerate, then fantastic. If you're the fifth most important person at fucking Coca-Cola, I'm sure your life's great. You know, it's not all about that. It's about the fact that, like you said, if you're not trying to do anything to define yourself as an individual and you're not trying to build any kind of empire for yourself, your last name, that's your empire. That's who you are. And that's going to be for your family and your children. They're going to learn from you. If you're not trying to do that at all, well, then someone else is just going to snap you up. Like you said, your land's going to be snatched out from underneath you. And that's the reality of the world. And if you're, going to, if you're going to sit to me and say, oh, Andrew, I agree with you. But when I try to, to do these things, I get distracted because I don't have motivation. Well, then guess what? You deserve the life that's coming. You don't have the motivation to work hard in the gym or the motivation to try new ideas or the motivation to stick at a good idea that you have or the motivation to do your work properly. And then you want to come to me and complain about your life. You have built your own life and you deserve the misery you carry. You designed a life which was going to make anybody miserable and now you're miserable. Congratulations. If you don't have motivation to try and be something more than Joe Schmo, well, then you deserve the misery. That's, that's my I agree. And, and, you know, oftentimes it, like I see it beyond motivation also, like it's, it's having a role model or having someone to help you on the way as you know, you mentioned how you were sort of introduced to this idea of location independence and, you know, sort of uh, 
getting above the system by being around other people who are able to do that. So it's a similar thing. Like if you're not surrounded by people who have things that you want or have a level of happiness that you're striving for, then you have no example to follow. Completely. And everybody knows something you don't. Everybody. So like I'm, I'm, I'm a multimillionaire. I'm a rich guy, right? I'm supposed to be a money guy. I'm in the war room. They're talking about things I've never even heard of. They're talking about decentralized finance with cryptocurrencies and you can stake USD stable coins at 25% a year. This was only yesterday. I was like, what, you get 25% APR a year? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, but doesn't the currency fluctuate? Bitcoin goes up and down. He goes, no, you put it in stable coins. You can put it in a coin that's linked to the US dollar so it doesn't go up and down. So I'm saying, you're telling me I put a million dollars in this. I get 200 grand a year, residual for free, guaranteed, and I can't lose my money? They're like, yeah. So like, I, I'm learning shit. Like, if you're around people who know things, you're going to learn things. You're completely right. You never know at all. And that's all the world is. It's people walking into rooms and talking to each other. You need to be talking to the right people all the time. And you're going to learn new things. But if you're talking to people who only want to talk about sports and other junk, well, you're only going to learn about junk. That's all it is. It really is, it really is the truth. I can't remember the last conversation I had with somebody that wasn't about my money or his money or some money. That's what we talked about because that's all I was interested in. You know, and, and that's the truth. You're completely right. It's not, mentorship is great, but you don't even need a mentor. You just need people around you who are about it, you know? And if you do that, like we said earlier with the ice cream expert, you sit and talk about ice cream every day to ice cream experts, you'll learn about ice cream. If you do the same thing with money, you're going to learn about money. So, I mean, all going back towards, you know, your, what you've cultivated with the war room, where do you see that going? What would you like to see as a, you know, it's, it's harnessing a lot of power from the network, from the people contributing to it the people uh, proving themselves along the way. What next? Yeah, so the war room actually has a quite unique goal. And my goal is to make it small. So most, pe- most groups are trying to get Love bigger it. and bigger. Most groups are trying to get bigger and bigger, right? But I don't want that. I want to get smaller and smaller. And I'll, I'll tell you two quick stories as to why. Sure. When I had my webcam studio, at the height of my webcam studio, I had 75 girls work, five houses, and it was a nightmare, logistical nightmare. I had all these girls working for me and they weren't motivated by liking me or knowing me or their love for me. They were motivated by money. So I was paying really high percentages to keep them coming in. So I was getting very tiny margins off each girl, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I ended up firing one girl and she was really popular. It was a max, mass exodus and she took a bunch of girls with her, da, 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 da. And I ended up cutting down from 75 girls to five girls. And what I did is I went from an army to special forces. I went from an army of girls to five of my best girls. And because I had less overheads, because I had less headache, okay, I didn't, I didn't make, I made less money, but I didn't make so much less money that I missed my army of girls. I was like, you know, what? I'm only making 50% of the money, but I have 1% of the headache, 1% of the risk, 1%. So it was about having special forces as opposed to an army. Same thing happened in my fight gym. In my fight gym, all of us would start in one room and we'd be training, training, training. And as you got exhausted and couldn't continue, you were kicked out and had to go to another room. And only two people would be left at the end of each training session in, in the fighter's room. If you weren't good enough to make it to the end, you went somewhere else. And this mindset I've applied to the war room. So right now, at, at our peak, we had 1,000 people. Only about three weeks ago, I kicked out 50%, half of them kicked out. Uh, every single person filled in the reports. Every single person did their appraisals. Da, da, da. If you didn't perform as well as the others, you're out. Because I believe a group only moves as fast as the slowest member. And I don't want slow members in my group. And I don't need 500 people in the world. I can't wait till it's 100 people, all with over 10 or $15 million liquid cash. That's what it has to be. Can't be assets. We're not going to play games with I own this house, that house, stocks. No, no, no. 
either crypto or liquid cash, 10M plus 100 individuals around the world. That's what the war room is going to become. And it's getting there quick. You'd be amazed. It's been around about two years now. And we've made, I think we've made 17 millionaires, a lot of it from crypto. Amazing things are happening in there. So my goal of the war room is to get smaller and smaller with higher and higher value individuals. So it gets to the point where memberships are closed. You're not allowed in anymore. You missed your chance. And it's just me and 99 other high level cats living the best life that life can, that, that can be lived. That's what we're aiming to do. With the war room. That's the end goal. Because that's how life works, my friend. I've said this a million times. You either perform or you don't. You show up or you don't. You know, and you can make all the excuses under the sun, but it doesn't make a difference. If I go to a fight and I lose and I go, oh, yeah, but I didn't train properly, blah, blah. Nobody cares. You got knocked out. That's how life works. Absolute full accountability. And the war room is, is, is testament to that. Every single member has to stay accountable. So are you saying what my next step with the, my next goal of the war room is to kick out more people? That's my next goal. I love it. it. It's counterintuitive, but it's high leverage. Like, like it, another common theme throughout this conversation is looking for those leverage points to, to maximize your gains. And I, I think you, you've definitely become a master of that from what I can tell. So uh, thank you for this time today, Tate. It's been a real honor uh, to talk to you and to pick your brain on some of these topics. And um, for the audience out there, where can they find you? Where should they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on Twitter at the moment at of Wudan, O-F-W-U-D-A-N. Try and follow me on Twitter if you can, because it's where I'm most active, but my Twitter accounts don't last that long, so who knows how long I'll be there for. Uh, I'm on my ninth now. Um, I'm on Instagram at CobraTate and also CobraTate.com. You can read all about the War Room. You can see some videos and pictures of War Room summits and understand more about what we're doing in real life. And Awesome, man. Do you have any final uh, words of advice or just words for the audience to leave them with? Absolutely. Every single man out there listening to this, I want you to do one thing today and I want you to do the same thing for the rest of your adult life. I want you to work very hard and I want you to be proud of yourself. And if you do those two things, you'll be amazed how far, how close you'll come to your goals. In fact, if you work hard and you're proud of yourself, every single goal you have in mind right now, you're going to surpass. Love it. Hey, thank you again. And, uh, you know, best of luck to the war. I'm excited to see what happens. Thanks, brother. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please hit the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at KWC pod on Instagram at knowledge without college podcast. You can find me Patrick Butler at Patrick Butler zero zero on Instagram and Twitter. I encourage you to send over any feedback you have. If there's any guests you'd like to hear on the show, any topics you'd want to hear discussed. I want to know about it. I want to hear your feedback and opinions. So please, Help me make this a better experience for you. And I look forward to hearing from you. Have an excellent day and thanks for listening.